Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. And I thank you for being with me today. It's Tuesday, November thirteenth, and of course, the countdown for Thanksgiving is uh, is continues. It's coming around. I mean, we're only nine days from that holiday, so you got to be ready. Get ready for it. I, I, I don't know. Some people, I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Some people don't really care for it, maybe because they don't really care to get together with their family. That's possible. Can be stressful sometimes. I know we're having a couple of people at this Thanksgiving that I don't really care for, but that's life. But I do enjoy Thanksgiving. Now, I don't know where you are, but in Southern California, it's been 70s to 80s degrees here. It's been warm, very warm. I know in Chicago, you're in the teens. I know that too. And three mi- 300 miles north of me in Fresno, it got to freezing last night. So, you know, we're in the Santa Ana. If you don't know what that means, that means hot, dry wind blowing off the desert. And it makes for warm, warm days for us here. I'm Steve Peasley, and I welcome you to Invest Talk. Our web, our, on our website, we proudly declare this one truth. Invest Talk is committed to reason and common sense guidance, all to make you a better investor. That's what it's for. How to make you a better investor. It's what we're all about. Now, of course, we manage money for people and everything else, but I don't mind teaching you. I want to teach you. It, you know, it can be taught. It just takes work. And it's my objective, and it's my objective every day to teach you. And, of course, you can call and ask any questions you want. The number is always the same, 888-99-CHART, C-H-A-R-T. Now, today, uh, the dollar was rising, and oil dropped. Oil prices were dropping. And the market kicked off this morning with it was on an upbeat this morning, a little seesaw in the beginning of the day, but within five minutes or so, the Dow was up and NASDAQ was up, everything was up. That didn't last till the end of the last hour, though. I mean, the market was generally up, seesawing back and forth, but stayed up until about the last hour. Then the Dow ended up being up 11, the NASDAQ down 40, and the SP down 7. That's how it ended up today. So, yeah, it was a tough day. Did you see the news? Uh, this was very interesting. Uh, the U.S. is expected to produce half of global oil output by 2025. Half. 50% by 2025. I mean, it's 2018 now. That's seven years. Wow. I find that surprising. Don't you remember not that many years ago, you know, how bad things were and we're running out of oil. Oh, no. You know, I remember in the oil crisis in the 80s, everybody was saying how we're going to be out of oil by now. No oil left in the world. None. <laughs> you know, try not to believe the headlines when they say, you know, strikingly, striking news flashes. You know, oh, we're, America's going to disappear or whatever. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's, uh, you know, way out there, it's not going to happen. Just, I've learned over the years, just ignore those things. 
So the economy right now, our U.S. economy is doing pretty well. We're firing on all cylinders. Boeing might have a problem. Did you see that? It hasn't seemed, you know, the economy is doing well and Boeing is selling a lot of planes, but but they withheld crucial safety information following the recent 737 Lion Air crash. That's not good for Boeing, holding back safety information. I mean, that's it's going to hit, they're going to get hit hard. I mean, there'll be fines and there'll be lawsuits you watch. But there's always lots of market news. Every day there's lots of news. And you really have to figure out what's important and what's not. What's statistically important to you as an investor? You know, it, it's hard to know. But there's also interesting news items out there that I'd like to bring up. Did, now, you, ever, you all know that in the, in the Silicon Valley, the San Francisco Bay Area, housing market is very, very price, pricey, very expensive, right? You might want to, there was a story outline, out today that is amazing. I, I thought this stat, this statistic was wrong, but no, it's not. 81% of San Francisco homes are worth $1 million or more. 81% of the San Francisco homes are worth $1 million or more. You know what the U.S. average is? 4%. 4. That's why, you know, Silicon Valley is still growing, still pushing prices up. And, yeah, there'll be weakness. Yeah, I, I, yeah, there will. But they're going to continue to push prices up. It's just going to be a fact. Anyways, before I get the, get into this, let's make time for a question. Our anytime listener line is 888-99-CHART. Hello, this is Josh from Wisconsin. I wanted to get your thoughts on stock ticker SO, the Southern Company. I know you've talked about them briefly in the past, but seeing as they're in the utility sector, I was interested in them going forward. And I know they've struggled with um, a recent project and its cost, which has really been um, driving the stock price down, I believe. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on this as a whole and uh, going forward for the short term, but also for the next five, 10 years and plus. Thank you. Well, SO, Southern Company, is a holding company engaged in generation, transmission, and distribution of electricity in Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Mississippi. And we own this in a couple of our managed accounts. SO, it's a symbol. It's a utility company. It pays 5.1% dividend. And utility companies usually work well in late economic cycles. Late in, those, in a strong economic upcycle, which is where we are. We're late into the economic cycle on the high end, and utilities start to work well because people get a little bit scared, and they like the safety of a utility. It's not a cyclical stock, and they usually pay div nice dividends, and this one is no different. Notice what it's done all the month of October. It went from $42 to $47 on October. Think about that. Think about what the market did and what SO did. See, they're very... So they... they tend to be defensive in nature. They don't always are, but they tend to be. So, and I like this company. I don't think, uh, I think uh, they're going to make $3.02 since it's a $47 stock. And so that's what, uh, uh, what, 13 PE or so? 13, 14 PE? Hey, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's just low five-year range. Uh, I think it's a good company to own. Good company to long term, you buy it for that dividend. You're not going to get much capital appreciation out of utilities. You just don't. But they're a good solid company. You don't don't think that's not true. 
Okay, let's talk about real estate a little bit. You know, I remember back a few months ago, I said we're starting to see the first cracks in our economy, and it's real estate. Real estate was starting to weaken or starting to show some weakness, and everybody was blaming on a lack of supply, lack of supply, and uh, I, you know, that might be one of the reasons, but I felt that we were weakening, and we were. Places is not weakening is in the Bay Area. You know, the entire United States, you know, when they have 81% of their houses over worth over a million dollars, the United States only 4% of the houses over a million dollars. You know that their real estate is really not only high, but there's a high for a reason in Silicon Valley, you know, which is right down the road from San Francisco. It's not that far. This is a story, by the way, I found this in marketwatch.com. Now, in San Jose, 70% of the housing stock is valued at $1 million or more. Uh, good for second place in the United States. So it's San Francisco and then San Jose. Well, they're right next to each other. I mean, if you go across the bay to Oakland, it's 31%. But see, in California, the houses, Southern California, where I am and up in the Bay Area, the houses are just always expensive. They're much more expensive than the rest of the country. It's just the way it is. Now, the there, New York is very expensive. There's certain parts of the country that they are, but New York City, anyways. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, this is going to affect us because I looked at the mortgage rates this morning. The 30-year fixed mortgage rates is over five percent. So you know, five percent—that's not expensive historically, but it is within the last ten years. But I bought my first house and it was 12 and a quarter or 12 and three quarters, 30 year fixed. My first house back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s. I don't remember exactly when I did that. And I thought I got a bargain. Now it's 5%. Most people think that's expensive. Well, so it's perception. If they think it's expensive, they're going to slow down. They're not going to buy it because they think it's expensive. I don't want to pay that high of a mortgage rate. I can't, or they can't afford it. We're priced out, and thus continual continuing the weakness in the housing market. I think you're going to see it. I don't. I think we've seen the peak. So you, you just can't afford it. I mean. And there's a, there was, the article also said only about 13% of Americans say they plan to buy a home within the next 12 months. Well, is that a lot? Well, that's not really that many. I think we're going to see a weak housing market going forward. Maybe not in San Francisco, but most other places. I see Peasley, and I invite you to check out our new online training experience. It's called Invest Talk Academy. I'm putting the classes on. I'm putting the classes on this Thursday at 9 a.m. Uh, Justin and I, we are both doing it. We're switching weeks. He'll do it one week, one day, and I'll do it the next. And switching days. I'm doing it on Thursday. He's doing it on Wednesday. So I'll be Thursday this week at 9 a.m. and then Wednesday next week at one. Just kind of change it up a little bit. Of course, there were archive and you can listen to it immediately. But if you're interested in signing up or learn more about Invest Talk, just go to investtalkacademy.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey. 
As an investor, you witness the volatility of October. And going forward, November and December may also have their share of market swings. So to prosper, serious investors need to make sure they are implementing the right mix of strategic investing programs. And you can quickly see what you may be missing if you go to investtalk.com. Okay, the phone lines are open, Steve is here, and he's waiting for your calls, 888-99-CHART. Okay, so we're going to talk about, on the main talking point today, what plunging oil prices may be indicating about the stock market and the global economy. Oil prices are in a bear market. Now, you realize it was only, what, less than a month ago that they were in a fierce bull market. Turned around in a month, now it's in a bear market. Bear market means going down 20% or more from its high. That also applies to the stock market. If it goes down 20% or more from its high, it's a bear stock market. So what does that mean? Oil prices following that fast, that far. Well, hopefully we can get to it today. How to translate those oil prices into a stock market forecast is very, very difficult, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, also, I didn't get to it last week, and I still want to talk about it. government shutdown. Do you realize we're coming up on the, the couple of important days for the government to actually shut down? And now that we have a mixed Congress, maybe the first day coming up might not be a problem, but the second day might. And what will that mean? And finally, a guy who managed to live on Man- live in Manhattan on $40,000 salary. Is still maxed out his 401k at at the time he did this a few years back, $10,000 a year. How did he do that? And he says you can still do it today. Today it will be, and today's dollars would be $52,000, $52,000. So those are the kinds of things I'm going to talk about. But of course, you always come first. I come second. It wasn't, you know, remember last week, I there was an article I read to you about a bull market, maybe just two weeks old. Remember that? Now, everything on the news is about bear market. Very interesting. Switches pretty fast. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'll remind you of our policy phrase we display on Invest Talk homepage. The Invest Talk commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make you a better investor. That's what we're all about, and it is true. So I do thank you for listening. The phone lines are open and I'm ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live Monday through Friday afternoons in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time and available 24-7 via podcast replays at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Amit. How you doing, Amit in San Jose? How is it going? I'm doing fine, thanks. Uh, uh, I have a question about the chart of S&P 500. It, uh, it closed below 200 days, two days in a row. Uh, do you think it's going to revisit the previous low or even take it out? I think it is, yes. I, I think it's going to go to the previous low at the very least, and it might go to the low made in February, okay, uh, which means it'll be about a 14 or 15% correction. 
I never did, Phil, I don't know, Amit, if you're listening, but I never felt comfortable saying that the correction was over when the market was rallying. I said, and I, and I was saying that I just don't feel comfortable because there was no panic selling. There was no big, big uh, sell-off day or days, and it was very reasonable. The, the investors were just calm about it, and the VIX didn't right. spike enough for me. So I, I feel I think we have to see that, Amit, before we get you know a, a really good, uh, really good bounce in the market. I think it may go down. Uh, I think it's a likely that it's going down and retest the lows we made in October and maybe the lows we made in February, and then likely we'll have a strong bounce back up to the highs. I don't know if we'll break the highs, but back up. Now. I just don't know how soon that was going to happen. I mean, I can't tell you if it happened by the end right. of the year. Can't say that. I think, yeah. I think we'll get uh, the bottom in November, but that's in the okay. next two or three weeks. But I, I don't know that. I'm just guessing here at this point. Okay, meet. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Well, thanks for the call. Yeah. So everybody, I just looking for that sell off, that exhaustive sell off, that. Day when everybody gives up and everybody's oh come on this is I'm I'm out I'm done I'm done with this stock market when I get that and how do I find it how do I see it you can see it in the charts and I remember on Thursday I'm going to have a charting lesson on the moving averages okay in our Invest Talk Academy so I'm going to talk about moving averages and crossovers and you're going to see you can you can see certain things in the chart they try to tell you things they're not always accurate. But they're pretty good at telling you about what's going what's going on broadly speaking. So I think we need to see an exhaustive sell off, a break of the all the moving averages, a break down to support where it was in February when it broke down. I think we have to see that. If we don't see it, we obviously we don't have to see it. But you know, uh, I don't know. We're the market just doesn't look healthy to me at this point. Whereas the economy still looks pretty healthy. Ours does, anyways. Not necessarily the rest of the world, but ours does. Today's main talking point, what plunging oil prices may be indicating about the stock market and global economy. It used to be, we're talking about 15 years ago and later, that if the oil prices rose, the stock market rose the very next month. Usually followed with a little delay. And about 15 years ago, that all reversed. Did you know that? This is what's making it so hard to try to predict things. If you could just say, well, it always always does this. Well, it always does it, does it until it doesn't do it anymore. And you don't know when that change is going to happen. The market, you know, for instance, you can say the market always ha uh, rises at the end of the year and in the beginning of the year. There's always a rally. Well, not always, but pretty often, not more, more than 70% of the time or so, but not always. So it's always, always difficult. So what is oil telling us now? I, I don't think it's telling us that the market is going to go up or down, personally speaking. I think it's more telling us that the reason why it's falling hard is we have plenty of supply. Iran is putting on a million barrels a day into the market. We are pumping out more oil than we ever have. We're now the world leader. We have a supply. We have too much supply. And at the same time, China's growth picture is slowing. And Europe is, you know, the IMF downgraded world growth next year, a tick or two. 
So this tells oil traders that we have plenty of oil and it looks like we're going to have plenty more oil. I think that's all it's telling us at this point. You're going to read articles and everything else telling you it means something more than that. Well, it, and then if it does happen, something more than that happens, they'll say, see, it's because of oil. I'm not buying that argument. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just not buying that argument because of the different dynamics in the oil supply and demand picture out there in the world. It's just different than it was. So, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned that the oil prices are falling. That is that telling us the world economy is going to fall with it? And then the stock market will lead downward. We'll see, though. I don't know that. I'm just pointing it out. But at the same time, I wrote in my newsletter on Friday that there are some pretty significant bargains out there right now. There's always something working in the market. Almost in every bear market, something's working. And I see some pretty good bargains. And fairly defensive at the same time. Kind of like that. Tomorrow on Investalk, both Republicans and Democrats believe to support a tougher stance on Chinese trade. Both Republicans and Democrats. What the midterm election results mean for Trump's tariff battle with China. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call Talk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? YCharts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YChart has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. Steve and Justin thank the InvestTalk listeners who made time to sit down with Steve recently in San Jose. If you missed out on the opportunity for your no-cost portfolio review with Steve, go to InvestTalk.com. Then over the InvestTalk menu link, scroll down to Portfolio Review. 
You've got finance and investment questions. Steve is here, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Hello. Uh, Thank you for taking my phone call. My question has to do with my 401k. Now that uh, the market is really turning downward, what can I do to protect my money in my 401k? It's just so upsetting to see it go down by thousands of dollars a day. And so do I, do I just ignore that and leave it into the long term? Or do I take it out and move it into something safe like treasury bills until it upturns again? What do you recommend? Because it's, uh, it's driving me nuts and I lose sleep over it because it's my retirement. If you could let me know, appreciate it. Thank you. Now, this is an excellent question by the way, uh, for everybody to answer for themselves. Okay, so what you have to decide is if it's driving you nuts, it's keeping you up at night, you have too much money invested in the stock market. If you left it alone, long term, it will go up. But if you can't handle the heat, the problems, the downstrokes, because it can go down a lot more. This, not, this, is, this correction is not that deep. And it could turn into a bear market. It went down 50% in 2008, 50. So you need to decide for yourself how much risk do you want to take. Remember, we talked about this forever. And everybody is ignoring me when I say you need to understand how much risk you want to take. How much risk can you tolerate? How much risk are you comfortable with? And this is an example where he's not comfortable with the risk. Okay, cut it down. Only be 70% in the market or 40% in the market. What comfort level are you? And that, by the way, then you stay out of the market. You don't go back in with the rest of it because you can't time it. You don't know. But you have to stay out of that market with the money that you don't want to risk to the market because this is what you're doing. You're risking money to the stock market. Long term, that's the best place to be. Simple as that. But if you can't sleep at night, you've got too much money exposed. It's not comfortable for you. And this is a good lesson to learn. What is your comfort level? If it was 50% in the market, 50% in money market or, you know, short-term bond funds or stable value fund, would you feel comfortable then? And if the market starts rallying again, will you feel like you're missing out because you have 50% out of the market? You have to control your emotions. And that, to do that, you have to understand how much risk you're willing to take. It's that simple, really. How much risk are you willing to take? Are, are you willing to go down 50% and ignore it? If you are, then just ignore it right now. Just ignore it. Don't pay attention. Just keep dollar cost averaging in, putting your money in every paycheck, and don't look at it for 10, 20 years. Then you look at it and say, when, you are getting pro- when you're approaching retirement, that's when you start make, taking a different attitude toward the market. Most people approach retirement want to be less aggressive. Well, there's no way to do that. You can do that in your 401k, even though you probably don't have a lot of good choices. But that's an excellent question to ask yourself. You know, if you have trouble sleeping at night, you can't stand it. Cut back and stay back. Don't try to go back in thinking you're going to pick the bottom. You're not going to be able to do it. Appreciate the call, though. I really do. Okay. Government shutdown. On December 7th, 
funding runs out for the government. December 7th, funding runs out. Now, is the government going to shut down? Probably not, because the Republicans still control both the House and the Senate on December 7th. Okay, and on March 1st, that is going to be, there's going to be, remember the temporary suspension of the debt limit way back a few years ago? Well, it ends on March 1st. Remember that Congress set themselves up to to have this problem. They set themselves off by passing laws that they have to have a, a certain limit in debt. They can't exceed it unless more than half or two-thirds, I don't know, supermajority, I don't even know, remember, agree that that's okay to exceed it. They did that to themselves. That wasn't something that has always been around. No, it's been around last, I don't know how many years, but 10 years or so. Whatever it is, they set it up to force themselves to control spending. Well, a lot of good that did, huh? <laughs> They can't, still can't do it. They can't do it. It's not, it's not in their DNA. They have to spend. So the December seventh day is not so important, but March first might could well be. What if they don't agree? They meaning both the democratically dominate, denominate, dominated uh, House of Representatives versus the Republican dominated Senate. What if they can't agree? Hmm. I think what we're going to see is more volatility. That's what I, I think we're. I think we're going to be living with volatility for quite some time. I just think the market is going to be more volatile. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream uh, we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at the four o'clock hour Pacific time each weekday, Monday through Friday. And of course, it's always available twenty four hours a day, seven days a week via our archived podcast at investtalk.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Investtalk podcast in iTunes, Spotify, and of course, Google Play. And I really would like it if you would rate us and review us. I, I appreciate that. And lines are now open. We're taking your financial investing questions live. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, and that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium newsletter, Invest Talk webinars, and the new online training class, Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Investtalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to go talk to Jay in Fremont. How you doing, Jay? Hi, Steve. I'm doing fine. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I appreciate the call. Uh, Steve, I have a question on ticker BTI. It's uh, fallen down a lot lately and the dividend is very good. Thank you. Okay, okay. this is a British, uh, British American tobacco, everybody. And they fell hard recently, and I know that because we have this in one of our managed accounts because we like that dividend, which is 7.1% right now. 
because it went from uh, 42 down to 37 in like three days. So that was pretty painful uh, fall. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to figure find out why. Tobacco pushing everything. I'm trying to figure out why, and I don't see it off the top of my head. Um, I thought it might have been earnings, but uh, do you buy it now, or do you own it, Jay, or you want to buy it? What do you want to? What did you say, Jay? I think it was because of some kind of uh, FDA uh, FDA rule, something uh, you know, oh, on menthol right. cigarettes, something like that. That's right. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, some kind of threat from the FDA, possible. Yeah, I I, I remember that. Uh, do you own it, Jay, or do you want to buy it, or do you do you or do you uh, want to sell it? What do you have? What do you? What's your do? You, what do no, you do? I actually bought it forty three, but I'm thinking of uh, buying more. I think that's actually a pretty good idea. I don't know if I buy it today. But now that it's paying 7.1%, and if you don't have a full position, the PE, it's a $37 stock going to make $4.01 next year. They're making $3.77 this year. So this year is a 10 PE. Next year is going to be a 9 PE. And the five-year range has been 10 to 21. Return to equity is 16%. Very good cash flow. I mean, sales growth is increasing because of Asia, the Asia market. I, I I think this is an opportunity to pick up a very good dividend player if you have patience and don't mind getting seven percent on your money for the next few years. Yeah, I think I would yep. wait till it turns sideways or up before I pick up any more. Though Jay, let's make sure it stops falling. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I appreciate the call. Thank you. Um, uh, looking at if you look at the other. Uh, tobacco stocks, Philip Moore, Altria, Philip Morris, uh, and I'm pulling them up right now. They all fell uh, based on that news. Philip Morris probably fell the least, but they still all fell. British, British tobacco the most. Don't know why for sure. This is the best talk, everybody. Love to talk to you. 888-99-CHARTERS is our number. Now, can you live on $40,000 a year? Okay. In Manhattan, okay, it's not forty thousand anymore. This he's doing this a number of years ago. It's now fifty-two thousand, but the principle is the same. He's this guy lived actually did this, and he wrote about it, and and it, I think it's quite interesting. He was twenty-two years old. How did he do that? How did he? How, and why did he do it? Well, he did it because he wanted to save money for his four hundred one k, put money in his four hundred one k. And after 10 years, he figured he'd have about $150,000 if he had about a 7% return. And that's what his goal was. So the goal, think about that. His focus, and I don't expect you to do this necessarily, but his focus was to live way below his means, or at least somewhat below his means so he can max out his 401k. And he did it on $40,000 a year, living in Manhattan. And we're not talking about Manhattan, Kansas. You know there's a Manhattan, Kansas. Not that place. I'm talking about the Big Apple. How did he do it? Well, he shared a... a, He was super busy, working hard, just graduating college, was rarely home. So he shared a single room, a studio, with somebody else, a, a college buddy. So his 
rent was really, really low. And that's the most expensive thing there is in Manhattan, is your rent. So, uh, you know, and the company had a cafeteria. He would eat there. That he, I mean, he wouldn't have any, no entertainment. That he never did that. He never spent money on that. I mean, his biggest, his biggest uh, cost besides rent and the 401k was food. Food and drink, he spent $3,600 annually. Annually, or $200 a month. <laughs> I don't know how you, I, I don't, okay, I lived in my van when I was going to college. So I lived very, very cheaply as well and less than he did. But uh, Manhattan, that would be very, very difficult, I would think. And, you know, he had some lessons to give. He says, "Live number one, if you really want to save money and put money away for your time, live in a crap box, he called it. A little Cracker Jack box of a place. Work so much that you don't have time to spend money. That's his other suggestion. Don't confuse yourself with someone else. Don't try to stay up with the Joneses. Max out all pre-tax retirement accounts. And that, those are basically his, his philosophy at that time. I don't know how long a person can do that. Live that cheaply. Uh, you can do it for a while, but it does great on you. After a while, it becomes difficult. Let's go to Vitaly in Atlanta. How you doing, Vitaly? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I appreciate the call, and thank you for making it. Yeah, um, so I always hear you talk about tech stocks and how right now, at least you and Justin both talk about tech stocks and how they're like right now a lot of good time to invest in it. Um, and I called you last week about Apple, and I... Um, want to ask you about Apple again if you still have the same thoughts because um, you know they just keep falling the price um, and I do have a call option on it so I just want to get your opinion because when you talk about tech stocks are you also including Apple and you know the big companies well, like Amazon and all those other companies yeah the Fang stocks Fang F A A N G Apple being one of them have been getting pretty much beat up, okay? Many of them are in the bear market territory, 20% or more off the high. But Apple is one of those stocks, you know, they've had some, you know, bad publicity. This happens every so often with Apple. I love it. You know, Apple gets beat up and everybody gets all up in arms. Uh, okay. This means it's a buying opportunity for people who want to own stock. Do you buy it now? Probably not. But it is going to be a buying opportunity. It's right now at the 200-day moving average. And will it break below that? And I mentioned the 200-day moving average because that is a long-term support area for the stocks and the stock market itself. And it's right at the 200-day moving average today. So it's kind of crucial for it to hold. You have to look at the fundamentals and take comfort in them. How much money are they going to make? Well, they're going to make $13.50 this year and almost $15 a share next year. It's a $192 stock. So we're talking about, you know, a, you know, a, a stock that's, what, a 15 PE or so. That's not ultra cheap because it's been as low as 10 PE and as high as 20. So it's right in the middle. But I wouldn't be, uh, I'm going to tell you, Apple will go above its old high of $230 a share, but it might take some time. I'm talking about a year or two 
Vitaly. I don't think it's going up beyond that anytime soon. I don't. So don't get too excited about owning it. I think it's got more ways to go on the downside in the short term. Like most of the things does. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. Give me a call, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, what the midterm election results might mean for Trump's tariff battle with China. That story tomorrow. But now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to John in San Jose. I want to talk about AT&T. How you doing, John? Good, Steve. How are you? Enjoy the show. Ah, good. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, what do you think of the safety of the AT&T dividend? And uh, do you see further downside to the stock? Uh, the dividend is very, very safe, John. Uh, they, 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 they're very comfortable with that dividend. It's, you know, they're going to make three dollars and fifty nine cents. It's a six point six percent dividend. So, was that two dollars at the most? Six, seven percent of three dollars fifty nine. Yeah, three, seven and twenty. Yeah, it's like two bucks at two dollars and fifteen cents, and they're making three fifty. So, I don't think the dividend is in jeopardy at all. I don't. And I do think, okay. you know, I, I remember there was a lot of support right around $30 and it broke below $30 to like $29 and then popped right back up to $30. And today it's at $30.33. It had a down day today. So this is a pretty yep. strong support area. Um, and it wouldn't hurt my feelings if this is where you picked up some of this stock because it's pretty inexpensive. Yeah. Will it go lower? I, I think we it might because we're not done with our correction yet. I think we're still in it. So it could go lower, oh, but I, that's not, I, I don't know how far lower lower is. $28, $27? You know, it, it's hard to... I mean, the stock is worth... It's, it's worth about $35 to $40. But that doesn't mean much in right. this market right now. You know, so it's worth more than it's trading at, and it's you get a great dividend, and it's going to stay great. So if you have patience, you can buy it in here and just not worry about it because it will come back even if it goes down. John, thank thank you for the call. Appreciate it. Okay, so where we go? Yeah, everybody wants to know where we're going to go from here. It is very difficult to know. You know, no one can predict the market. Uh, the technicals, meaning the charts, kind of pointing to a, a downward market. They're, they're kind of pointing that weak further weakness. The economy is not pointing there yet, but that's not unusual. Usually, the stock market leads the economy. I don't want you to think that oh well, the economy's doing good, so the stock market will recover. Well, maybe the market is the stock market itself, which is one of the leading economic indicators is telling you that there's something wrong. Something, the economy is not as strong as everybody thinks. What is amazing, what I think is amazing to me and what I think is wrong is the Federal Reserve still wants to raise interest rates. 
It thinks the economy is very strong and they're going to raise interest rates probably in December and they're going to raise three more times next year. They're, they're, they're kind of ignoring the, what, the cracks in the housing market and the stock market saying this doesn't look very good. Um, they're kind of ignoring it right now. Maybe, maybe they'll be right, but they've been known to be consistently wrong in raising rates right into the next recession. Right into it. You go, oh, gee, now they got to make reverse themselves. So the question is, they're going to do it again? Well, if you listen to them and believe what they're saying, yeah, they're going to do it again. Because, you know, you don't have to just look here in the United States. Look outside the United States and see what's going on in the rest of the world. It's not nearly as healthy as we are. Do you think we'll always be able to just go our own way? Don't think so. You know, the, the tax cut that, that President Trump put in is probably run its course as far as boosting our economy. The economy needs something else to keep it running or else it's just a natural economic cycle of going down. If you want to postpone that, stop raising rates, interest rates. Or you can always do something, uh, a spending program, a spending plan from the government, even though they don't have any money to do it. They shouldn't, but they could easily do it. I could see the... This, the split Congress come into an agreement on infrastructure spending. I can see that. But without those things, the market's probably not going to go higher. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. I don't want to be too negative, though. But it could go higher. I thank you for listening, everybody. I thank you for your support. I really do. And I'll thank you, podcast listeners, as well. Okay. Um, remember, Charts is our sponsor. Uh, you can get a great discount if you want it. We use them all the time. Fundamental technical analysis. I want everybody to have a nice evening today. And thanks for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.